Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Summer Heat Wave. 32 teams in 32 days. Every single fantasy-relevant player on the planet only with Brodo Fantasy. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, here with my brothers, Michael the crew cut, Petropolis, and Jason, the lawman, Petropolis. <laughs> did you both just make weird, or is, or is that my bugging? Did Timmy just start doing the same thing as you, or did I just for some reason hear that twice in my I'm head? I'm just so good that I sounded like two people. I didn't do it. I'll I was about, that. Right um, at the beginning, I was like, this sounds like they're both doing it. I'm so confused right now. <laughs> today I know it wasn't we planned. On, today, we're continuing with the AFC South. We are going to Tennessee. Tennessee. Uh, is it going to be as feisty today or what? Tennessee, Tennessee. We're, we're, get, we're having our, uh, ourselves Tim? a crawdaddy showdown. Tim, you're the only uh, 10 I see <laughs> in Tennessee. Don't forget before we get started, we preview every single fantasy player twice a week during the season. So check out the Roto Fantasy podcast for that. Also, BrotoFantasy.com. We have been pumping out content like some crazy people. Um, hey, all you people. Lots of articles, lots of podcasts. Lots of rankings, lots of extras for you over at BrotoFantasy.com. Don't forget to get over there and and see the rankings, read the rankings before getting into your fantasy drafts that are coming up very soon. Uh, Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy for any extras, including access to our listener leagues, access to our Discord. Shout out to the patrons who um, applied and got into our Dynasty League. You are trapped for life. More. Ah, 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 ah. We are running a 16-man dynasty league that we are very excited about. We're basically going to be the owners of our franchises, and we're making it so that, like, we're gonna have we're gonna have like third-string wide receivers that are gonna make a difference. Like, we're gonna have to work to draft. Like, it's gonna be great. I'm really much looking forward to that with a bunch going of people that know glorious. exactly what they're doing um, in our Patreon. So, uh, let's get to the Titans then. Let's go to the offensive outbrook. Outlook, excuse me, third year for head coach Mike Vrabel. Um, offensive coordinator Arthur Smith was, this is his second year after Matt LaFleur went to Green Bay last year. He was uh, promoted from indoor, in the in-house, excuse me, not indoors, probably indoors too. Um, and they were a run first team under his tutelage. They ran 46% of the time, fourth in the NFL. He is the first offensive coordinator that actually made Derrick Henry into a stud that everyone knew he could be. Uh, Derrick Henry's previous few years that were decent, but um, up and down. He was an absolute stud last year. Uh, no debatable. And he made a key change. No that debatable. key change was switching from quarterback Marcus Mariota over to quarterback Ryan Tannehill, and it was a change that worked. He was the true value king. Previously, he was sixth in true value. So what does that tell us? Ryan Tannehill is one of the most efficient players in the game. Shout out to the Twins for basically predicting the exact timeline of the Titans last year. Whatever made the Twins um, like Titan fortune tellers last year, they basically on this exact like series predicted exactly how the Titan season was going to go. It was the understanding. That Mariota uh, sucks. It was the understanding that Mariota sucks. But the, you you guys said, like, they were going to be okay, and then they were going to switch, and then Tannehill's going to come in, and they were going to be mad, better, make playoffs. Like, you guys literally said that exact thing before the season started. 
Uh, so shout out to you guys. Uh, the question is, if, if, if this is the case, if he is so good, why is he going as not even a QB1 right now? And I think it's got to be volume, right? They had the third least passing attempts in the entire league last year, but he only finished one time outside of QB1 after taking over as the starter. And right now he's going behind QBs like Daniel Jones, Joe Burrow, Jared Goff, at Baker Mayfield. Like, guys that are really uncertain. They play the Broncos and the Jaguars to start the season. The Broncos are a solid matchup. The Jaguars are a great matchup. So if you're streaming quarterbacks and you don't fully trust Tannehill, a good option for streaming those first two weeks, one of the best out values out there in general. When I punt quarterback, I'm trying to take Ryan Tannehill. How do you guys feel about Ryan Tannehill? You said it all, Tim. Uh, I don't understand why people are against Ryan Tannehill. He started the season late last year. Um, he wasn't the starter when the season started. So looking at overall points doesn't tell you the full story. If you look at his points per game, he was 10th for quarterbacks in fantasy points per game with the third least passing attempts in the NFL. Can that number possibly go down? No, it cannot. The only thing the Titans can do this year is throw more. They lost a lot or of the players. the same amount. Or the same amount, but they lost a lot of players on their defense. And they have a full year with Ryan Tannehill now. So maybe they might want to utilize him after seeing how efficient he is. I just don't understand why people are against him. Like you said, six and two true throw value two years ago. First in true throw value last season. And he's a sneaky runner. He had four rushing touchdowns last season, around 15 rushing yards per game. He has a season with over 300 rushing yards in the past. So this is a guy who has sneaky legs and is super efficient when he's throwing the ball. Another year with A.J. Brown. Another year with John U. Smith, who's looking like a good 30-year tight end breakout candidate. I want Ryan Tannehill on all my teams where he's going. Like you said, every time I'm punting quarterback, I'm getting Ryan Tannehill on my team. I just want to add this too, especially if you're doing like And I like punt a, quarterback every time, so I have a lot of Ryan Tannehill. Like a best ball draft, because best ball is becoming more and more popular. Like SFBX was best ball, DWG6, the Raz Bowl, all those industry leagues that we were in were best ball leagues. Ryan Tannehill, his ADP doesn't change, and... The thing about Ryan Tannehill is the volume, right? Like, there are going to be some games where Derrick Henry just runs over and over. The Titans get to a big lead, and Tannehill puts up, like, 10 points. When you're in best ball, you don't even have to worry about that. So he's even better in best ball, in my opinion, because he's going to have those spike games where he rushes for touchdowns and such. So I agree. I think Tannehill, there's, he's not going to be worse than his ADP. People who aren't buying Tannehill at their ADP are just buying so much into this volume narrative when how much volume does this dude need? Like, he's not going to be a top five. They're not going to be a top five passing team, period. Everybody just, knows that. And they're ignoring his efficiency. He doesn't exactly. need to throw that much when he's that efficient. Yeah, And Michael, what you said, like, some days he's going to get 10 points. Like, yeah, maybe true, but last year, only the only time he finished outside of the quarterback one was one time. Yeah, like it's not true. even like that's that was a reality last year. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I, I assume that there's gonna be a few games this year where they really run it down the other team's throats, like they did in the uh, the playoff game that they won. I forget who their first playoff game they won. Tannehill threw for less than 100 yards because Derrick Henry was just dominating against the Patriots. So if a couple of games like that happened, I wouldn't be shocked. But I agree. Tannehill is someone I definitely stream or, or draft in one QB leagues and play him in the right matchups. I don't know if I'd like start him every single week, but I wouldn't even be against that either, honestly. He's 
There's going to be weeks like, I don't know, do the Titans play the Bills this year? Like a Titans-Bills matchup is going to be a ground and pound, ugly game. Tannehill, unless he runs it in, probably isn't going to be. I'm not saying he's going to be your every week starter. But Tim noted his early yeah. season schedule, and he can be your most weak starter. There you go. And if just, you're streaming, you don't need to drop the quarterback every week. And at ADP, it's just a, a no-brainer, really. Yeah. He's a true throw value king. True throw value king. Uh, let's go over to the king of the running backs last year, led the league in rushing yards, and that is Derrick Henry. Um, he's about as guaranteed as it gets to be the main piece in an offense. Uh, only finished outside of RB2 three times last season. Nine RB1 finishes. Only CMC had more finishes at RB1 than Derrick Henry had last year. His lack of patch-casting prowess is the only concern, but I do think that, especially if you're playing in a standard league or a half PPR ge- league, his carry volume makes up for that. Where would you take Derrick Henry in the first round? Like, are you taking him as the first running back outside the big four, or are you leaning toward more towards Dalvin Cook and guys like that and then Derrick Henry? Yeah, I'm not taking Derrick Henry over um, CMC, Barkley, Zeke, Kamara, Cook, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and Miles Sanders probably. Hmm. Interesting. If this is a half PPR or full PPR. Last season, he was half so... Half PPR, it's... Last season, he, he might was be, so amazing. Hmm. And he was the sixth running back. We're drafting him. Uh, it's it's tough to say this in the first round, but we're drafting him at his ceiling. Like that's such a. I don't like saying that about first round players, but I don't think he has that top three potential because he's not involved in the passing game. And even if he's as good as a runner as he was last season, it's not likely. Um, shout out to Nick Bollier. I think that's how you pronounce it now. Our newest writer on his Fade the Beast article, noted that Derrick Henry is the only player in NFL history that has at least 1,250 rushing yards and at least 10 touchdowns in any eight-game stretch ever in NFL history. I mean, that's just an unbelievable stretch. It's an unbelievable stretch. Unreal. Can we expect him to do that for a season? Because he did that for a long time, and he was the sixth running back at the end of the year. He was fourth in points per game, so I'll give him that. His consistency is there. He's a first-round pick, but I... Don't think the upside is as high as the other people around him. They I mean, should be using him more through the air. This guy had 18 catches last year for 206 yards. Yeah, give this, nice. give it to this guy in space and let him truck people. I mean, maybe they will. I don't know. I don't know if they. I'll will. tell you what. If they if they start throwing him the ball, if he catches 30 passes, like you're looking at someone with top three potential. I do want to make 30. it clear. I'm not like fully fading him though because I'm a running back guy. So if those running backs I named go ahead of him, I'm still taking him eighth because yeah. I'd rather have him over wide receivers. Yeah. And I and I do think that his volume that he's guaranteed on the ground does make up for his lack of pass catching in, in certain aspects. Um, Yeah, so Derrick Henry, like, locked and loaded in the back of the first round, but I wouldn't reach for him. I think that's the consensus of what we're saying. I, just, I see him going, like, the mid-first in PPR league sometimes, like FFPC leagues, which are PPR. I see Derrick Henry going mid first. I you can't do that, man. You can't choose a running back who doesn't have a lot of pass catching potential in the mid first in a PPR league. Like that's just buying into previous production, which I know he was ridiculously good last year, but in a PPR league you can't do that. They're gonna ride him. He's gonna get touches. The only problem is when he gets 
a handoff, he doesn't get a half a point for it. He doesn't get a full point for yeah. it. While other guys like Joe Mixon might catch three, have three easy points from three catches. Why? Joe Mixon's a bad example. Why he Joe doesn't Mixon? catch either. He doesn't, but I'm just saying like three catches a game are not is not the underrated part about OD. Joe Mixon. People ignore that um, he's not really part of the passing game. Let's uh let's go over to a guy that's definitely part of the passing game. AJ Brown. I love this man. Fin- finished as a wide receiver one four of the last six weeks. Wide receiver two in one of the weeks that he didn't finish as wide receiver one. But only one wide receiver one finish in the previous ten weeks. He had an absolutely insane twenty yards per catch last year. His volume will probably not be super high because of the way the offense is run. So the question is, can he sustain the big plays that he had towards the end of the year last year? Look, Derrick Henry, we know, opens up that that game. He's going to take the extra defenders in the box. So can A.J. Brown continue to uh, light the league up like he did at the second half of last season? Look, you know, Berto listeners know I love me some A.J. Brown. He is just a stud and a half. He's a 22-year-old rookie last season. He put up... 1,051 yards and nine touchdowns on 52 receptions. Elite yards per reception over 20 as a 22-year-old rookie. Was top three in yards per reception, yards per target, and yards per out. Just absolute elite work. And he's paired with the true value king himself, Ryan Tannehill. Now, the common thread here for the A.J. Brown faders is that there's not enough volume. Of course, it's always the volume to draft him at his ADP of wide receiver 15. Well, to that I say... A.J. Brown played 72% of snaps in 2019, 65th among wide receivers. He was on the Titans, who averaged the 30th most pass attempts per game. He saw 84 targets, 47th among receivers. He caught 52 passes, 43rd among receivers, was 26th in true target value, and didn't see over five targets in a game until week seven. With all of that against him, he still ended as the overall wide receiver 21. Like, that's how ridiculously efficient and beastly this dude was. Like, I don't understand why people don't understand how good he is if you just watch the damn games. He ended the season two once he finally was able to become that alpha in that offense, going over 80 yards receiving in five of his last eight games. So now, taking him as the 15th receiver off the board, even if he does exactly what he did last year, it's not even like he's busting. Like, you're drafting him as wide receiver 15. If he, Last season, he ended as wide receiver 21. And that's if he does has the same output that he had last season as a rookie where he didn't play that much in the beginning of the year and had Marcus Mariota as his quarterback as well to start the season. Now he has a full season of Ryan Tannehill. He's, he's starting his uh, second season in the league, second year in that offense, first year as the real alpha of that offense. And he doesn't need tons of volume. This dude is an absolute beast. Like, he's going to catch the ball downfield. Kind of like what we were saying with Kenny Galladay on the Lions. uh, On the Lions heat wave. Go listen to that if you haven't yet. Where he doesn't need a million targets. He's not going to have those 100 receptions. But he doesn't need that if he's going to be averaging over 18 yards per reception. And A.J. Brown is someone I think could end up going like 100 catches, 16 yards, and 16 touchdowns one day. If he's in an offense that fits it. He's not in an offense that's going to do that for him right now. But that doesn't mean he still can't catch 70 balls. Go 1,100, 1,200 yards and catch 8 or 9 touchdowns again. So I'm I'm, uh, I'm on A.J. Brown at his ADP right now too. I'm not getting scared away from the, from the uh, volume argument. Because guess what? Someone has to catch passes in that offense. Derrick Henry's in that backfield. They're a tremendous... 
uh, play-action passing team. T- Ryan Tannehill was super efficient play-action passing last year. A.J. Brown's going to get behind the defense, and it's going to be glorious. Uh, so Michael's obviously high on A.J. Brown, <laughs> if you guys have not uh, noticed. I, I think A.J. Brown is a guy like we talked about um, recently. Is He reminds me of a guy like Kenny Galladay in terms of his um, – not in terms of his like physical abilities, but in terms of his opportunity – for um for fantasy he's not going to be a hundred catch receiver um i i think it would be crazy to think that he's a hundred catch receiver all of a sudden but if he keeps 20 yards per game uh, if, uh, even if he goes down to like 18 20 yards per catch 18 yards per catch and he has any any upgrades to like 70 catches you're you're talking about a, a whole lot of yards uh and he's going to be in a situation where he has a, a opportunity to score touchdowns AJ Brown is kind of like the the top of the third tier of wide receivers. Um, that if you went running back, running back, running back, you can get AJ Brown as your wide receiver one and be like and and have hope that he uh, takes that next step to be a wide receiver one. Uh, in my opinion, yeah, I mean especially like he's going in the beginning of the third, middle of the third round. Like if you could start like Barkley, Aaron Jones, AJ Brown, that would be great. Um, let's go over to, uh, the other guys, Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys. Don't believe in the talent. Don't believe in the opportunity. Hard pass for moi. Yeah. I mean, Corey Davis is someone who I'm okay with taking in like best ball leagues because he is going in like the 17th, 18th round. At that point, you're trying to decide between like Corey Davis and like Antonio Gandy golden. I mean, I said, yeah, Corey Davis and like Antonio Gandy golden or something. At that point, I'm okay taking Corey Davis because if something were to happen to A.J. Brown, maybe you could uh, get something good out of Corey Davis. But, yeah, he's not someone I'm actively targeting. I mean, me and Jason have been shitting on Corey Davis since he was a young tyke. And, we've and been, we're always right. We've what been, I've been trying to say, been but you right. guys haven't stopped um, drooling over A.J. Brown, <laughs> is that it doesn't matter that Corey Davis has the other weapon outside. It doesn't matter that A.J. Brown is basically the only weapon on the field besides maybe Jonu Smith this year because Derrick Henry is literally the perfect running back for when there's only one weapon on the outside because defenses have to stack the box no matter what. And A.J. Brown cannot be defended by one person. So it doesn't matter that Corey Davis sucks. And no, I don't want Corey Davis on my team, even in best ball. Um, let's go over to someone that you might want on your team who might be the second best option in the passing game. Let's go over the tight end. Let's talk about Jonu Smith, someone that you already um, talked about. Now, there's no doubt that he has the physical gifts and talent, but I'm worried about the opportunity to be a breakout star that people think he is. I think he has will have great streaming weeks, and especially if he's playing against a, a poor team that can't guard the tight end. Like I would start Jonu Smith in that situation. But I don't see him having the consistency that I want out of a tight end one. And I think that's what scares me off about him. Um, what do you guys think about it? Yeah, I'm going to agree with you here. So shout out to Santiago, Santiago Casanova, another new writer for us here. Protofantasy.com. Check it out. He wrote about Johnny Smith as a late breakout candidate at tight end. Uh, Delaney Walker left. He commanded 35% of Tennessee's uh, tight end targets last season. Johnny Smith put up triple digits in three of his last four games last season. He's tied to true value king Ryan Tannehill. He was top 12 in yards per reception, yards per target, and yards per outrun, which is very nice. He was also second in targets in Tennessee once Tannehill took over. The problem with me when it comes to Johnny Smith is he only had one game over five receptions last season. 
So the volume is a bit concerning, but it's also the tight end position. So once you get past that first seven or eight where you could really just leave them in your lineup, it really becomes who should I start this week? And you should be rostering at least two tight not at least. You should be rostering two tight ends to to play depending on their matchups and things of that sort. Like for for instance, if you draft Johnny Smith, he's going at tight end seventeen, which I'm perfectly fine with. If you're taking Johnny Smith as the fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth tight end off the board, I think that's great value. But I'd also be trying to match him with someone like Noah Fant or TJ Hawkinson or Dallas Goddard, someone like that. I wouldn't want to trust Johnny Smith in my lineup every week, but if Tennessee is, say, an eight-point underdog against the Chiefs or something, and you know they're going to have to pass that game, Johnny Smith is certainly a starting a viable starting option because he should be second in the, uh, in the pecking order for targets again this year for Tannehill. One thing that, I, that you mentioned that I just want to give a little tidbit for the people out there, you mentioned holding a backup tight end. Holding a backup tight end throughout the entire season is probably not a great idea, but I like holding a backup quarterback and a backup tight end during the times uh, during the first few weeks of the season because the first few weeks of the season you're not gonna have to deal with bye weeks well that doesn't come till week four it's not necessarily a, a backup tight end like if i own kittle Ertz, waller ingram uh kelsey higby someone i know i'm gonna be just starting in my lineup every week then no i'm not gonna roster a backup tight end but if i own a john U. smith if i waited till then to draft a tight end i'm definitely gonna draft two tight ends all right um, the one injury away, I think Jonah Smith is the one injury away because what I was talking, what I was talking about with his lack of opportunity, if AJ Brown or Derrick Henry goes down, I think that the opportunity that those guys were getting all of a sudden those those targets have to find a new home, and obviously Darrington Evans will probably get the call if uh, Derrick Henry goes down. Tim, um, you know you've been doing a lot this year. You know you've been doing a lot this year, Tim. Just naming what? every player we could possibly name. <laughs> what? I was like, finally, Tim took someone that wasn't the backup running back. And then you go and say, and obviously, Darrington Evans. Yeah, you run I mean, through all the options yeah. first. But yeah, obviously, it's Darrington Evans. <laughs> I agree. All we right. didn't speak much about Darrington Evans, but they drafted him as like a as a backup for Derrick Henry in case something happens to Derrick Henry. A little more agile. He might take some passing down work, the work that uh, Deion Lewis saw last year. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to have any standalone value. He's strictly a handcuff. But he's a great handcuff to have because if something were were to happen to Henry, I mean, that's a team that wants to run the ball. All right. That is it for the Tennessee Titans. Uh we love doing these. Uh, We get to look at every single player. And by the end of this, we've... You know, we've really studied every single player, and it makes our um, rankings so much better. Speaking of rankings, go to BrotoFantasy.com to check those out. All of us are Fantasy Pros rankers, so you could catch us on Fantasy Pros, and you can catch us on our website. Uh, Also, if you want to talk to us, shout us out, tell us we're idiots, or tell us we're mad smart. Um, You can find us on Twitter. Mike, where can they find you? At BrotoFFMike. At Jason. Brodo FFG. You can find me at Brodo FF Tim. See what we did there. Then also check out at Brodo Fantasy for all of us. Uh, that's that's where we do most of our fantasy football tweeting. So if you're going to follow anything, follow that one. And also don't forget patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy for listener leagues. If you are in a shitty league and you want to be in a good one, this is your chance to be in a good league. Uh, access to Patreon, access to ep- extra episodes access to giveaways, access to listeners' leagues. I already said that. Uh, 
access to a bunch of stuff that you want access to for as little as five dollars a month, as little as three dollars a month, um, really. So five dollars uh, for the leagues, five dollars for the leagues, but three dollars a month to get the rest of that stuff. So uh, yeah, check us out. Uh, next time we come at you, we'll be coming at you with the Rars, the Jaguars. <laughs> I was about to say that wasn't. I thought you were trying to do the Raiders. I was like, what? I didn't know what that was either. That's my terrible Jaguar voice. Right. Anyway, we will talk to you next time. Peace out. Dose. Later.